I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into our final segment of Inside Black and Gold. The Saints coming off a loss at home to the Bengals. The Inside Black and Gold podcast brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Group. There must be a reason. And Jeff, the reason for this team struggling, it's hard to pinpoint because I think we kind of touched on it a little bit, the fact that it hasn't been the same thing. You know, we talked about, obviously, penalties, turnovers were the issue that wasn't it this week no right they this was a team that had talked all all year about okay we got to stop shooting ourselves in the foot we got to stop shooting ourselves in the foot they did that today it did not help they still know and then at the end you know there was really the chunk play there was only that really i think one big chunk play from the, the Bengals, huh yeah, no, I mean, they had some big plays I, yeah, I thought that first touchdown to jabbar chase was really just like a dime throw. I have yeah. a hard time putting that against Paulson Adebo. He tried to get physical. Jamar beat him on the release. That touchdown pass, if you want to look at something and say, where is Andy Dalton limited? What can't he do? That that throw where he just rifled it in between two defenders over the top, right where it needed to go. I don't think you can throw with that type of pace anymore, right? I think that's a throw you would never see him make and he would never even see him try it. And that's the type of throw that when you have these elite quarterbacks, you're able to make. I don't know if James can make that throw, right? And so I'm not saying that James is going to come back and be this solve for everything that has been ailing the Saints. But I do think your your offensive ceiling needs to be higher than it was today. And you can change that by bringing back your receivers. You can change that by doing a lot of things. But the offense needs to be better to complement this defense. And if you had gone into this season knowing that this defense was going to struggle the way it, the way it has you would never in a million years have gone all in the way you did with those trades. And David Weil here (laughs) with a comment, Philadelphia must think we're fools giving up so many picks and then trading them CJ Gardner Johnson for next to nothing. I just don't get it. You know, it's going to look real, real bad for this front office. If not only do the Eagles add CJ Gardner Johnson, you know, they're the only unbeaten team left in football, right? In the NFL. 
They've been dominating. They're playing the Cowboys later on. They might have lost by the time this podcast posts. But one way or another, they're either going to be 6-0 or 5-1. and They have two first-round picks next year. One of them belongs to the Saints. And at this rate, it's going to be a top-10 draft pick. So, I was going to say, yeah, it looks like a top-10 pick right now easily. I mean, that, that this could end up going down as one of the most bungled transitions from a long-term coaching regime in the history of the NFL if things don't turn around. And you got to figure out a way to do it because no one's walking through that door and fixing these issues. you got to fix them yourself. I, I mean... I have a problem, too, with the narrative of, like, all oh, the Saints medical staff needs to be all be fired. I don't, I don't know if you can really put the blame on injuries because of your doctors. Well, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I keep seeing that too. Right. And it's like, Oh man, they should fire everybody. Well, you mean like, like, like go and, and replace your 18 year, uh, entrenched strength and conditioning coach. Right. You mean like that, like fire that guy and fire all of his assistants. That's what they did. They've already done that. If you did what you're suggesting, you would have fired your entire strength and conditioning staff twice within a matter of a year. <laughs> They've already done it. Okay? So, I, I mean, some of it's just bad luck, right? Like, injuries happen. You, you know, you also have you have this habit of drafting injury-prone linemen. I, I don't know why you do that. Like, But, hey, it is what it is. You know, you knew Michael Thomas was an injury risk. He's dealing with an injury. Jarvis Landry was coming off an injury. These are both guys later in their careers. Injuries happen. I don't, I, I mean, like, but to say this, the staff, I mean, this this staff has been more proactive at, at dealing with injuries than I've ever seen. So I don't know. I don't know what you do, but like, if you're suggesting you should fire the staff, you either don't know that they are, you fire just fire their staff, or you think they should do it again. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm seeing here too from the Lost Face Killer, Peyton Turner first round pick. That's that's been a big spur in my side. Whatever you want to say, I I talked to you the other day and mentioned I was like that he's like Mr. Glass. There seems to be something wrong with him constantly. And going into the draft, even you knew this guy had an injury history in college, and you still selected him so high, which was a big head scratcher. Yeah, no, and and tough I did because- see him at least on the sideline today. He was at least present at the game. I'm sure he's been there working. It's just, you know, injuries happen. There's not that much you can do. The funny thing is the guy who we always used to complain about with injuries is Marcus Davenport, and he's been the healthiest guy in the room. Right, but just I feel like too quiet. I haven't heard his name as being an impact enough. Yeah, but he's on the field. Yay. I mean, I, I mean, I don't put this game on the pass rush. But it's a part, it's a part, a cumulative part of the defensive effort, though. I guess, but I think I think the pass rush did its job today, and the secondary, you know, they didn't tackle. Like, but the tackling, the missed tackles weren't the pass rush. I, I don't know. I, like, I I guess if I'm if I'm ranking the issues the Saints had today, <laughs> I'm not putting the pass rush toward the top of that list because again, like they did come up. You know, they had three sacks. Um, they had six QB hits. They had three tackles for loss. I mean, at a certain point, it's you got to cover, and I, I don't know if they did, and they didn't tackle when the ball got downfield. But you know, I, I'm I don't take issue with the, the pass rush so much. Um, but either way, it's it's something you got you got to work with. Robert Tillman here. If the Saints continue to fail so dramatically this season with this talent, are they going to trust Da for the future? I don't know if there's a path to recovery. I mean, I think so. It's tough yeah, I don't to think I don't think they're going to be one and done with Da. I wouldn't think so either. But if I'm playing devil's advocate here, 
you you bet on D- Dennis Allen because you wanted to maintain the continuity. Right. If you flame out badly enough that you end up deciding, okay, we want to change our offensive coordinator. We want to change this. We want to change this. Then the continuity is no longer there. And so are you committed to Dennis Allen for anything beyond maintaining the culture that was already established? And as long as you are continuing to do that, as long as that is the path you're taking, I think that Dennis Allen's job is safe. Now, if you decide to change, if you decide to deviate, if you say this culture has not maintained and we need to reset, then I don't know if he's the guy you stick with just because of the reason he has the job in the first place, which is because the culture was was so good that you wanted to try to maintain it. So that's if I'm playing devil's advocate, that's what I would say. All that said, I don't think this is a team that's going to fire a guy after one season. You're going to give him a chance to kind of rebuild the team in his own in his own image to some extent. So, you know, I think that they will trust him beyond this season, but it's got to get better. Yeah, and I don't know. There hasn't been the continuity anywhere right now except for the the, the offense, I'll say, at least looks better than last season, but the defense has vastly been downgraded. And I don't know if it's because of the losses of the bodies that, you know, the, the safeties, you got new two, two new starting safeties this year. You lost the guy, another one that you traded away, CJ Gardner Johnson, but everybody up front is the same. And I, I do, I have a problem still with the pass rush. I don't think they're, they're hitting enough at home and even getting, you know, enough, just, just enough pressure on the quarterback to make them uncomfortable. To me, Burrow was still looked at ease today. I mean, he didn't late in the game, but I mean, my issue is more, you didn't turn the ball over. You, I mean, you, you, you created a turnover on special teams, the secondary, the pass rush, you need to, there's no contact fumbles. There are no turnovers. I mean, so there's no interceptions. Like there, the game changing plays have not been made um, at the level that, you would need them to be for a defense to win a game for you. And that's, that's what I think you, you, you're, you're missing, right? You're not seeing the ball hawking plays. You're not seeing, uh, you know, the big, the big forced fumbles and recoveries in moments like the giants today. If you go back and watch that giants game, they forced two turnovers in the last six minutes of that game. That's how they won. When is the, we, you know, the, the, the saints have not done about it here too. And the giants are loaded with injuries. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're throwing Daniel Bellinger, a guy you've never heard of, was their leading receiver today. He's a rookie tight end. Wandale Robinson caught a touchdown pass. Like they have Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones, and you probably couldn't name me another player on that offense. And then they're five and one. So, like, you can win games, but you have to do all of the things that help you win games and not just show up. And to this point, it just feels like this team is just showing up. Charles Coleman here, Mickey Loomis should take some of the blame too. No, I mean, I think you definitely, if, you know, he, he went all in. Sure. He's um, your architect. And, and part of that is you wanted to give DA the pieces this year. And you want to you wanna ask, you know, whether they're going to trust DA beyond the season. You know, one of the reasons you do is because I don't want to put a head coach in a scenario where I'm hiring him in year one. He doesn't have a first-round pick. That's what the Raiders did to Dennis Allen the first time he was head coach. And that's not some sure. situation you want to be put in. So, like, if anything, that is actually helping Dennis Allen get some long-term uh, stability in the sense that you're not going to want to put anyone else in that situation. Uh, he's got to find his way out of it. But um, no, I think you definitely, you, you'd lay some blame at the feet of Mickey Loomis. No question. Folks are, will be quick to go say quickly though. T is like, Oh, we'll get a first round pick for Sean Payton. I don't even know if that's the compensation you get for Sean, because is, is a team that's going to be having say a top 10 pick 
and looking for a head coach really going to want to cripple their new head coach. I just don't know if you're going to get that high of a draft pick for Sean or for ends up being, you know, like multiple seconds maybe. But a, a first-round pick just guaranteed if you do get to trade Sean Payton, I don't think is is a given. It depends how much that team wants him. Right. And I mean, if the going if if the price if the asking price is that, then you know someone's going to have to going to have to pony up and it's going to be a situation where if you're trying to if you're if you're trying to negotiate with one team, then right. who knows what it's going to be. If there's a bidding war, then you have a chance to get multiple first round picks. At this point, I think you'd settle for one. You can get a first round pick from a team like the Chargers. I think that you know that that is built to 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 win and doesn't necessarily need that first round pick, right? They they feel like they have enough assets that they they really just need a head coach that can kind of build to that kind of winning culture. Like that's where you're going to trade him and potentially get a first round pick back. But again, that's not going to be a team that's picking in the in the top ten. That's going to be a team that's picking at the end of the first round. Yeah. So like that's that's where you would end up getting it. And so maybe you would get so if you trade him to the Panthers, you know, a second round pick, you would not be that much less valuable than a first round pick from the Chargers, right? You're only talking about five, six picks difference, assuming the Chargers, you know, find a way to get back where, you know, to the playoffs this year, which they missed last year by teens a little bit. But yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing some of the you know reactions here in our uh, chat box that, you know, like wish we had the enemy as head coach this year. I don't, I don't even know if that was really even a serious consideration for the they team. Did, I know they, they did didn't interview, interview him. him. They did interview him. I wish he was the offensive coordinator. Right. But was he really going to take like a sideways move? You know what I mean? From Kansas city to here. I, I don't think that was going to happen, especially when, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm coaching Patrick Mahomes or I've got Jameis and Andy Dalton. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that was the that was the kind of equation. I think, you know, the difference would have been, hey, you are running this offense, you're calling the plays, this is your offense, and you are basically head coach one B, right? Because right. yeah, he's a defensive coach. That would have been my sales pitch. Who's who knows if they made it? Who knows if that's what he was looking for? But either way, didn't happen. So there's no point talking about it. Maybe it's something you can revisit next year. But you know, he's also an unproven head coach. We don't know how he would be in a head coaching role. So it's like to say that was that would have been the the perfect answer you just don't know it's not like he's in a head coaching role now and you're like man if only he was here he's still an offense coordinator who is doesn't call the plays you know he's he's the Pete Carmichael of that offense so I'm also seen on here and I agree with 504 hot boy it was very obvious how much we needed Lattimore and obviously a guy that you're going to miss I you know any any defense is going to miss your top corner especially this one with so many uh guys that have been hurting as as is but uh, I'm curious to know if he'll be ready for this game because, you know, hearing that he had a bruised spleen after that hit that he took in the Seattle Seahawks game is pretty brutal. I don't know how much recovery time you need for that. Well, look, I thought the guys that went in there and played, I thought they I thought they did, you know, I thought they competed. Um, did we miss Lattimore? Yeah, I think, you know, when you lose a player of his caliber um, against a really explosive offense that, that – throws the ball a lot um yeah it, it, yeah you miss him you definitely miss him i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here is in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, you miss him. You definitely miss him. No, I, mean, I didn't think that, that Adebo played that badly today. You know, he got beat on that touchdown to Jamar Chase. But again, like I said, I think that throw was was a was a next level caliber throw. Sometimes you get beat, right? Um Roby, you know, he's this he's the C B three for a reason. You know, you don't want to put Roby on an island against Jamar Chase. You never did. You never will. And he got beat and he missed the tackle and it is what it is. I thought that for going into a game without Lattimore, you know, you didn't get torched. Right. Like like there it wasn't like you spent this game like thinking the entire game like, man, if only they had Lattimore, they wouldn't be getting destroyed they they were winning this game until the last two minutes yeah so yeah i mean i i thought you know from a depth perspective you know i still feel like cornerback is one of the deeper positions you have and you should feel good about it but you know anytime you're without your star players you're without your star players and you're gonna notice so yeah i i I agree with you and i think it was it might have been last year the year before demario davis even mentioned how big a key that Lattimore is to how this Saints defense just plays in general. He may not seem like the most vocal leader, but on the field, he basically said this defense goes as Marshawn Lattimore goes. And, you know, you you see what happens when you don't have a guy like that around, obviously. I thought Adebo was all right, too. It was just, like I said, I'm going to have to rewatch, you know, some of the the film coverage of of things. But the, the missed tackle at the end, by Roby was just it, it made you like have that verp that vomit burp in your mouth and it yeah. just left that ugly bad taste ugly 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 uh david wild one more question has michael thomas been out four weeks why didn't he go on ir same with landry no neither of them have been out four weeks right mike thomas right. went out after week three so it's been three weeks if he misses thursday then it would be four weeks and then you could say well maybe they should have put him on ir but you know, I think it's pretty clear this team was expecting him back prior to four weeks. And so you don't know the extent of an injury the first week, the second week. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm not questioning, like putting him on IR wouldn't solve any of these problems. Landry has missed one fewer week than Mike Thomas. So he played in in London. So he's been out two weeks. So, you know, if, if you had put them on IR immediately, then the earliest Mike Thomas could have come back would be week eight. So I don't, I don't think not putting them on IR is the issue, but you, I do think you're, I'm hopeful that you get them back for this upcoming week. Um, Speaking of Arizona on Thursday night, remember that, that tissue paper Seahawks defense that the saints, you know, rolled through for 39 points. Well, that Cardinals team you're playing in four days, they are sitting on nine points with 24 seconds left in this game against that same defense. 19 to 9. So maybe that game's a little more winnable than I gave it credit for. Because if you're talking about a team that had some expectations and is struggling without one of its star players, go look at Arizona. They're also going to be two and four. Yeah, I'm looking here and it it seems to be the whole Kyler Murray show. He's passed for 200 yards and run for a hundred, and everybody else, not not much else. Yeah, I mean they're 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 losing this game. This is a divisional game for them, and they are getting embarrassed. 
by oh, the what? Seahawks. By a by 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 a historically bad Seahawks defense. <laughs> right. This is the Seahawks defense that allowed 45 points to the Lions and 39 points to this anemic Saints team that we just watched today. Um, so hey, maybe maybe there is a chance. Maybe the Saints can get something done. One tiny note about the uh, you know, the Saints wide receiving core we were just talking about was an injury at the end of the game to Keith Kirkwood, who went into the injury tent uh, right at like 30, 40, you know, 40 seconds left in the game kind of thing. And it'll be interesting to see when we'll get the first injury report this week since they play on Thursday. I'm guessing Tuesday, maybe. No, I think it would be Monday, but it will be, be estimated, right? It'll be an estimated injury report because I don't think they'll actually practice on Monday. Right. Um, but I would tomorrow. imagine that he's going to be a guy too. After I, I didn't see exactly what it was, just saw the injury tank go up. He went in, and boom, 30, 40 seconds later, game was over. Unfortunately, Saints lose. But like I said, that's another one to monitor just because the depth that this wide receiving core is hurting as it is. Hopefully, we can get a Mike T or a Landry back. And yeah, I guess Olave is a big question mark still with the concussion protocol. No doubt. Okay, I think that's going to wrap it up for us here on Inside black and gold. Thanks everyone who joined. Thanks everyone who left a comment, left a question. We're trying to try to recover with us here after yeah. a painful 30 to 26 Saints loss to the Cincinnati Joe Burrows. I mean Bengals. This is always brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. Make sure to hit us up on Twitter. You can find me at Jeff underscore Nowak. That's N-O-W-A-K. And at Steve Geller WWL. Make sure to give us a give us a subscribe. Give a Make sure to hit that subscribe button over on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Deezer, Radio Public. These are all the names of podcast things that I know and don't actually use. But if you use them, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Put the auto download on there. That's always nice because we're trying to we're trying to build this thing out. We've seen some good growth the last few weeks, so trying to keep building that. Hopefully, the Saints can win a couple games. That usually helps. Um, but yeah, Steve, any any parting any parting thoughts before we get out of here? Just that fact of two and four is not a great feeling. Uh, looking at the division, it's still not a complete wash. I'm trying to stay upbeat and positive right now. Getting harder, but time to get back in that win column on the short week. I mean, why not? Uh, we, we just talked about how Arizona's struggling. So Thursday night football is going to get another treat between the Arizona Cardinals and the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, all those exciting Thursday night games, right? One programming note here, because they play on Thursday, I will not have the time or the energy to put together a film study pod, but we will because we'll have to be doing the preview for that game on Tuesday. So we will have the same kind of schedule. We're still going to post our next podcast on Wednesday, but it will be the preview for the Thursday night game. And then, you know, we're going to kind of have to cycle back into the normal schedule from there. But Joe, if anyone's looking for that film, I'm going to still try to go through it and still try to put up a post on it on WWL, but I won't have time to do any like real in-depth in video breakdowns because I barely have enough time to watch it by the time we have to shift into the next game. So if you're looking for that, check it out uh, next week. I'll Maybe I'll try to do a double, a double dip for the next week. I'm seeing here before we sign off, Brian Russell's already jumped off the ledge, Jeff. We can't help him. Yeah, he's he's gone for good. We'll make right. Brian. Until next time, maybe maybe we can have another happy podcast next week. Hopefully. All right, y'all. Peace.